Good evening. I hope that your fast was easy and meaningful and that we now go into the days up to Hamisha Osir Ba'ov. Of course, tonight everything is mutter, you ought to wash clothes, you ought to do a lot of things, except for the wine and the meat, that you have to wait until chatzos, even though it's already yud olive, and it's not yud. The, I want to step back for just a moment, because there was a question asked, how could it be that Yirmiyahu wrote Echo, which is about destruction and sad and a very depressing thing. Every Nevoa required Simcha. And we know that Yermio wrote Echa with complete Ruach HaKodesh, Nevuah, and which Nevuah is higher than Ruach HaKodesh. But how could he have written it with Simcha, that it should remain Lodorus for Klai Yisrael? As one of the Chomesh Megillos, if there was a lack of Simcha, he was lamenting about the Chorban. So I once heard from Rabbi Moshe Wolfson that the Talmidim of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi sent a note which a bird carried to the Ma'ara, to the cave where Rav Shimon Bar Yochoi was in hiding and asked a question, why is it that at the end of the Tochachon Kisavo that there are no encouraging words included like at the end of the Tochacha in the Chukosa. And Rav Shimon answered them that there is a requirement of encouragement when there is even a deeper level of concealment. It means the Tochacha of Kisavo is bracha, and as a matter of fact, the Skolia Rebbe's great-great-grandfather wrote an entire sefer, which explains every pasuk of the Tochacha, how internally and hiddenly it is pure simcha and bracha. And that's why the Balshemtov, who was the Balkoira every week, used to read the Tochacha, and the one they gave the Aliyah to for the Tochacha was the sickest person in the shul. 
and he used to finish laning the tochacha, the balchanta, and the person was completely healed of whatever ailment he had because he was laning it into him and he was reading it with the kavana of what the words really are, the embodiment of brocha. And it went into the sick person and it healed him. So the concept of something that we see that looks to us as the embodiment of destruction could really have in it all of the medicine or all the ingredients for refuah. It's just we don't see it. And since the person, let's say, has to go through an operation and he's worried how painful will it be and what's going to happen, but it's ultimately for his good because if he's suffering from something that could hurt him, the quicker he has the operation, the quicker he will be healed and live on for a long life. So the sickness was the problem, but the solution was not a further step of the problem. It began the solution process. And that's why it says that Rav Shimon Bar Yochoi was not affected by the destruction of the Vesemengosh. And Rabbi Akiva was laughing. And they asked him, what are you laughing about? Because he saw a fox coming out and everyone else was crying from the Kodesh Kadosh. And he said that the Navi said this will happen, but he also said there's going to be an unbelievable reappearance of Geula for Klal Yisrael, so he laughed. So there's a way for the events of our lives to either confront them with shaken disturbance, disappointment, or to be able to look at it and to realize that this is part and parcel of the total picture, which there are some ups and downs getting to the ultimate total good. And that's why we teach Hagomel Chasodim Tovim Liamo Yisrael that chasodim are kind acts and kind things. It's Avram Avinu, it's pure chesed. So why do we have to say in the bracha chasodim tovim? If it's chesed, it's automatically good. So why are we saying tovim, good, good? But the Mephorshim explain that everything is chesed. The only thing is that we ask that we should be to see, we understand that it's chesed, but the event coming up should be tovim, that we see it with our eyes, not that we have to just understand that it's good, but on the surface it looks bad.
And, you know, an example is if somebody two days before they're marrying off a daughter, someone in the family, the mother, the father, dies. That's a tragedy. So we ask that we should have the chasodim, the chasna, but we should have it as toivim, that we shouldn't have anything which could appear or be a destructive force of negativity, negativity, and we should be able to see it with our own eyes. And it should be chasodim toivim, the happy occasion or the events that we see, we should be able to actually see with our own eyes how good it is and how wonderful and not have to rely on our minds which lead us down the path. Well, it's excellent, but we have to believe that because we don't see it as excellent. It looks very bad or tragic. Now, the Sfarim bring that, and the Chassam Sofer in Parshas Bahar talks a lot about it, that Shlomo HaMelech was, went in, his neshama went into Yirmiyahu, and he was the Gilgal, Yirmiyahu, the outstanding Navi was Shlomo HaMelech. And they therefore conclude that the nine days that we just went through were days of actual simcha, because in its essence, it prepared the eternity for Klal Yisrael when the Geula will take place. We don't see it. We just see the destruction. And we're in a state of mourning. But it actually, in essence, paves the way and is the rock-solid root and foundation for that upcoming Geula. And that's why they say that the nine days correspond to the nine days of Sukkot, of Simcha that they are actually complete days of, of, of Simcha, and that Simcha's Torah corresponds to Tisha Now it's hard for us to understand how Simcha's Torah could correspond to Tisha B'Av. is like the pinnacle, the turret, the essence of Avelis. But they answer with the question, why is it that Mashiach is born after Mincha? Meaning born, he's already born in the generation, but he wants very fervently and wholeheartedly to reveal himself. Why is that on Tisha B'av? Tisha B'av is the day of mourning and of sadness. But it's because of what we've just said in these past few moments, that Tisha B'av corresponds to Simcha's Torah. Because in essence, and the Sforim say that when Mashiach will come, that 
Tisha B'Av will be exactly, not only corresponding, but ref a reflection in actual dancing, singing, and everything of Klal Yisrael. So there really is a very befitting day to have the essence of Mashiach wanting to reveal itself because it's a day that's going to be the innermost sanctum of Simcha Bishlemus. And to bring that out. So, when we go through the nine days, and that brings us to tonight that we're finished with Tisha B'Av, but we go into a very interesting phenomenon. We go into a week that has in it Hamisha Osir Ba'ov. And this Thursday night will be Hamisha Osir Ba'ov. And as the Mishnah says, Lahoyu be Israel, Yomim Toivim. That they are equated. The Mishnah equates Chamisha Osirbov with Yom Kippur. And the Gemara asks, how could you put in the same breath, the same category, Chamisha Osirbov into the level of Yom Kippur? We understand that Yom Kippur says the Gemara there that indeed Yom Kippur is one of the most auspicious days of the year because we had the Slicha, the Mechila, and the Kapara, and it not only remained for that one time, Slicha, Mechila, and Kapara, but it became etched into the essence of the time of Yom Kippur that every Yud Tishrei to come up a thousand years later, two thousand years later, three thousand years later, would always be a day which would exude the powerful force of Slicha, Mechila, and Kapara. So we understand why the Mishnah puts Yom Kippur as one of the most auspicious days. But then the Gemara goes on to ask, but what's this Chamisha Serpa'ov? Now, the Gemara for a page and a half, a daf and a half, goes into that kolowatze marocha. They finished cutting all the wood of the year that was needed for the fire on the Mizbeach. That was a tremendous simcha. Then it talks about the fact that Shevet Binyamin was, was this connected to Klal Yisrael. There was a long time after the story of Pelegesh Begiva that Klal Yisrael were not allowed to marry into Shevet Binyamin. And no one from Shevet Binyamin into anybody else. And it went on for a long time. But they came to a point on a Hamisha Osir Be'ol that it had completed the cycle of uprooting that DNA of mean-spirited rishes that existed by Binyamin, and now that they were allowed to remarry and rejoin 
So that happened on Hamisha, Sabal, the Gemara says, so that was a big simcha. And the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by our Kodesh Baruch Hu that everyone who was in the Midbar, when the story of the spies, the Maraglam, took place, that he, he was told that none of them from age 20 to 60, it had nothing to do with the women or the children, or a man who was over 60. But anyone who was 20 to 60 would die in the Midbar and never go in to see Eretz Yisrael. And so what did Claude Yisrael do every year? So the Gemara says that the 600,000 men that this decree applied to used to dig a grave every year Tishabov, and they slept Tishabov in the grave. Now there were 600,000 people and it was 40 years, so there were 15,000 every year who did not wake up. Now if in the morning of Tishabov somebody woke up, he knew it was not his year to die. So he got out of the grave and was very happy. But the 15,000 who had to die there and didn't wake up, their graves were covered and that's where they were buried. Now this went on for 40 years till the last year and there were 15,000 left, the last 15,000. And they went to sleep in the grave Tishabov by night, and the Gemara says that in the morning they woke up. So they thought that maybe they made a mistake which day was Tishabov. So they thought, you know, we have to sleep in the grave again tonight because we probably made a mistake with the day and it's tonight. But all 15,000 woke up the next day. So they kept doing it up until the 15th day, the Hamisha, so when they saw the full moon, they realized that they did not make a mistake and that it was meant for them to live and to go into Eretz Yisrael. So it was a tremendous simcha, and it's called Kolu Mesei Midbor that the ones who had to die in the Midbar finished their mission and the proclamation of Hamisha Asr Ba'ov came out into full flourish and it allowed them to be able to realize that that story and that parsha was behind them. It was now history. So it was a very big simcha that the people lived, they didn't die, this last group, and uh, that they were able to move on from there and go into Eretz Yisrael. Now, we see that if indeed Tishabov is secretly cloaked and masqueraded, as a day of tremendous opportunity, and that's why 
Mashiach wants to reveal himself more than any other day of the year in Tishabab in the afternoon. Because it is a day in essence of Simcha. And that's why it says that since Shlomo HaMelech was a Gilgal into Yermio, and we know that in the Ushbizen, we stop with David HaMelech on Hoshana Rabbah, but Al Pikabola, there are Kadmoinim who write that there's an eighth Ushbizen, Shlomo HaMelech, into Shmini Atzeris, because in essence, Shmini Atzeris and Simchus Torah even though they're distinctively two different days, but in Eretz Yisrael, it's one day. And that is the Ushpizen, Shlomo HaMelech's Ushpizen, on Shmini Atzeres, because it was on Shmini Atzeres that he finished building the Beis HaMikdosh. And it was a continuation into Yermio, his Neshama, the ability to revive Chorben and to project Geula, because the essence was Tishavav, and that corresponds specifically, say this for him, to Shmini Atzeris, because both of them, the Ushbizen of Shlomo Melech and Shmini Atzeris, and Yermio, having had his Neshama, the same as Shlomo Melech, that the power that was inculcated and part and parcel of the essence of Shlomo HaMelech went into Yermio, which was a reflection of pure building and dancing, the Simcha of Shmini Atzeris, the completion, even though they did not, uh, they completed it in the month of Cheshven, and they did not celebrate it. I could have told them, do not dedicate, inaugurate the Beis Hamikdash yet. I want you to wait till next Tishrei. So the Medrash says that the month of Cheshven came in Shemayim and cried out, why was I denied such a simcha of the celebration of the completion of the first base of Mikdash, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the Medrash told Chodesh Cheshven that I am reserving you for Bayashlishi's dedication, the third base of Mikdash. And we know that there's no other month that has nothing in it. In other words, Teves and Thomas both have a fast day, but they have no Yom Tev. But the Asad Lovo, those days will become Yom Tovim. So the only month that has no fast day or Yom Tev is Cheshvan. And that's the reason why, says the B'nai Saskar. So that it should be reserved for the total dedication and celebration of Binyan Bayez Shlishi, the third eternal Beis Hamikdash, which will be there for us. So that was another reason the Gemara says that Hamisha Asr Ba'av was such a auspicious, wonderful day. In addition, 
Voyas Chanan is called Shabbos Nachamo, the Shabbos of consolation, and we begin the recitation and the reading of Shiva Dinachemta that Yeshayo said seven prokem of Navua, what's going to be Liosid Lavo when Mashiach will come. And we read one of those seven each and every Shabbos from after, from Voyeschanan, uh, from Shabbos Nachamu, up until the last Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. It goes for seven weeks. And it begins after Tishabov. It latches on to Hamisha Sarbov, for instance, the Ribnitzer Rebbe. After Tishbav, he first he fasted Tess and Yud. He went for 49 hours without eating or drinking. And after he finished the 10th day fasting, they brought him some tea and a little piece of cake, but a real soothing he didn't have until Hamisha Osir Ba'ov, because that's when the Simcha of the building of Bayashlishi will come to full flourish, which is a totza from Tishabah. In other words, it's lingering on in a hidden way up until Hamisha Asr And then it bursts out into Simcha Binyan Bayashlishi and the full luster of everything that's incorporated. So since Yom Kippur, provides a slicha mechila and kapara. So it's a day of simcha, right after Yom Kippur, Klal Yisrael dance and have, we all have a big suda besimcha. We're going into the kutzashel yud of the shemavaya of the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. So it's very befitting that it should be attached in the Mishnah to Hamisha Sarbaav. Because Yom Kippur is a day of Slicha, Mechil, and Kapara. And the Shlemus of the nine days with Tishabov and everything under the sight and full vision of what the day is on the surface, it looks like a morning day. But it comes out to full glory and flourishes, Tolcha Misha Sarbaav, which is Geula. And Yom Kippur is Geula for us also because a person goes into Yom Kippur with an entire stack of Averis, a bushel basket full, and they come out with a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I forgive you, Solachti Kidvarecha. So it's very befitting that the Mishnah would put the two days as the most, it says, Lohoyu bi Yisrael yamim toivim kachamisha sarbaov v'chiyom ha-kippurim. It's very befitting that they both come out together there. Now, in Parshas Voyazchana, the word Voyazchana is Begematria 515. And all the Mephorshim bring that Moshe Rabbeinu davened 515 separate, distinct da- prayers, davening, 
that he should be allowed to go into Eretz Yisrael. Now, we learn from it that a person who wants to beseech and to ask of the Rabbanu something special, that there's no such thing by the Rabbanu of asking too much. The truth is, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is not the case. And the Balatanya in Tanya says that when a Yid does an Avera and he comes and he asks forgiveness, he asks in the Bracha, Salach Lanu Avinu Kichatanu Machal Lanu Malkenu Kivrashanu, and then he concludes the, the paragraph, Baruch HaToh Hashem, Chanun Hamar Belisloach, that even says about that the thousandth time that it's not like a human being what you already asked me ten times you said you're not going to do the Avera again but I could Hu, if there's sincerity the person can come back and the lotion of the Balatani is Afilu Elef Pa'omen even one thousand times to ask again and again and again, because there's never such a thing as too much when it deals with our Kurdish Baruchu. So Moshe Rabbeinu learned from that. And that's why he approached five, he got the message after the second time, after the third time. But he knew by a Kurdish Baruchu it is possible for someone to daven and the level of sincerity to be so pure that he can achieve what he's asking for. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we see at the beginning of this Sedra, admitted it. Because he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you just now finished your 515th time. Al Tosef Daber Eli Od Badavar do not ask me again. Say the Meforshim, because if he had asked a 516th time, Hashem would have let, had to let him go into Eretz Yisrael. He would have had to let him go into Eretz Yisrael. And it's like unbelievable that HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped him because he realized that the power of tefillah as a human being that Moshe Rabbeinu was exercising would have brought him into Eretz Yisrael and he had to remain out of Eretz Yisrael to bring in all the neshamas, all the people who died in the Midbar. They had to latch on to a tzaddik gomor and be brought into Eretz Yisrael. So he had a big mission to do why he had to remain outside of Eretz Yisrael. But with all that, Hashem, the Pasuk says, Al Tosef Daber Eli Od Badover Aseh, and all the misfortunes say, because had he asked the 516th time, he would have had to go in, be allowed to go in to Eretz Yisrael. 
Now, right, you, you know the, the Pusik says, Ale Rosh HaPiska V'soi Necha, go on top of the mountain and look. And I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that it would look like it's a tease that Hashem told him, you're not going in, but go on top of the mountain and I'll show you the whole Eretz Yisrael. It was to be able to implant and instill in the heart and the chuk of every yid, Ledoras to want to go to Eretz Yisrael. That's what that accomplished. It wasn't that Hashem Shalom was teasing him. But he was doing something that would bring out the best in each and every year. And it was like inserting into the DNA of each and every year to have that thirst and that love for Eretz Yisrael. Now, the Parsha right after... This is discussed. Um, and by the way, that's the reason that Shema Yisrael is in this parsha, and that the parsha of the Aseris Hadibris is also in Voyashanan. That this is all here because after Atishabov and going into a Hamisha Asrbaov springboarding from Tishma into that lofty realm that's together with Yom Kippur, the Torah talks about Oreg Nikrot. And it's like there's three places in Chamisha from Torah that Oreg Nikrot is either referenced to or it is instructed as it says in this week's Sedra. Now, an Ari Miklot is really somebody who killed unintentionally, and we give him a place to run to, to survive. A, the Baal Shem used to say that when a Yid has a problem, or difficulty, or sickness, or needs a Shidduch, or needs children, or needs Parnasa, he has to envelop himself into the words of tefillah, of davening. It means he has to cloak the words, he has to get to the essence of the words and daven with such fervor, fervor and such zest and such zeal that when he encloaks himself in that, that he is able to reach the essence of what he wants to find and to be at the time of tefillah to be able to succeed in what he wants. And that's the Ori Miklot. Ori Miklot means a city of refuge. But a yid every day of his life puts himself into the words of tefillah of davening and that is able to lift him up and out of a situation or into the blissful sea of bracha and to be able to take it from there 
with what he's doing and how he's living and what's coming about through his life. And that's why I've said to you that the mother of the Kohen Godel, the Gemara says, used to run around from Ari Mikla to Ari Mikla that the, and give him candy and clothes. And the reason was because the only ticket to freedom for the man in the Ari Miklot was for the Kohen Gadol to die. And she didn't want her son to die. So she was like bribing with the candy and the clothing and everything that they shouldn't curse her son to die. But the curse really was not a curse. Because Shlomo Amelot once said that the fact that somebody curses you doesn't mean it's going to happen. So what was she so worried about? And the answer is not the curse, but she was worried about the tefillah, about the rachman. So says the Yerushalmi, that barachman, that they that they would daven so fervently to gain their freedom that he would die. So that's why she was going around to avert and to avoid such an ending never with her with her son. And we find that this Sunday is a, that uh, that the Tisha of this year is a nidcha. But the Shulchan Aruch says, whether it's a nidcha or not a nidcha, every person, if they do a shidduch, should say mazel tov on Tisha Now, according to what we just got done saying, it makes sense. Because the essence of neshamas and the shayrish neshama is there when man marries woman. It says that our boyim yom kodem yitzirus of blood machrizim bas So the essence is there, but the shachonarach gives a reason. Say mazel tov because shema. that maybe someone else is going to snatch away the shidduch. So say mazel tov, that makes like the conclusion that it's a deal. Just say mazel tov. Now, if 40 days before it's called out who's marrying whom, what are we worried about losing the day? Wait till the day after Tishva, which is a much nicer day not a day of mourning, and then say Mazel Tov. But the answer is that through tefillah, it says, a person could snatch away someone else's basherte. I mean, it's true that Reuben's supposed to marry Leah. But if Shimon gets up and starts davening for Leah, he could break that original decree. So we see the power of tefillah and what it can do and its effectiveness in succeeding in our mission. Now, the Gemara says that there is a, there's a machloikis and a Mishnah between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Lozer. One holds that the world was created in Nisan. 
The other holds that the world was created in Tishrei. This is a machloikis that the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Del Zion discusses at length. And at the conclusion, Toysu says, Elu ve'elu divrei both are right. How could they both be right? Was it either created in Tishrei or in Nisim? So Toysu says, Tishrei b'machshava, Nisan b'maysa. That the actual planning and mental state of what the world should be, the six days were in the last five, six days of Elul. And on Rosh Hashanah, that's Hayom Haras Olam, like a pregnancy that Adam should be created. But the actual creation of Barashas Bara Elohim, Esa Shemayim Vesaretz, was called Dalit Adar, and went into up to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that Adam Arishon was created. And the Arizal, whose yard site was this past week, uh, the Arizal concurs with the Gemara and says, Tishrei b'machshava, Nisan b'maysa. Now, if you take the first, so the actual beginning of the concept, Mahshava, was Chof Elo. And if you go back 40 days before Chof Elo, you come to Hamisha Asr And that's the Arboyim Yom Koydim Yitzirah Safalad, Machrizim Bas Ploini Leploini. And as Mekubolim discuss, the Arizal and others, that Shalashudas, the time of afternoon on Shabbos, is called Riven Deriven. It's like the biggest Ratzon of Ratzon of the entire week. And that's one of the reasons that the Shemona Esri for Mincha on Shabbos is the smallest, because the words are Gashmias. And Gashmias has no place in Riven Deriven, but we have to say Shemona Esri. So they were Mesachim and Shemon Esrei that would have the fewest words, and indeed, it is the shortest Shemon Esrei of the entire week. The weekday Shemon Esrei is five times as big, and even the other Shemon Esreis of Shabbos, Shachris, and Musaf are larger than the than the Mincha, than the Mincha. Uh, Shemona Esrei. So the point being that this Riven Deriven, which the Bnei Suska talks about and many others, that once it hits Hamisha Osir Ba'av, that's the springboard for the power of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and even Hanukkah. It concludes with the last day of Hanukkah, Zos Hanukkah Bezos Yechupar Avon Yaakov. So we see the power of Hamisha Osir Ba'av being the first Zman Lamala 
for wanting to create the world which began 40 days later, but it's 40 days before. It says, Aboyim Yom Koiden Yitzirah Saflai. So we see the power of the day and how it carries, and indeed, the Bnei Susker says that if you add up the letters of Hamisha Osir Be'ov, it equals Ksiva Vachasima Tova. And that's why from Hamisha Osir Be'ov, he says that people should begin wishing each other Aksiva Vachasima Tova. And I want to say to everyone that we survived the three weeks and Mashiach is waiting eagerly and we're going into Hamisha Asr Ba'av, which has limitless power to be Mashpia good. They say that even Purim wouldn't have been without the Hamisha Asr Bishvat, which it draws his power. And they say that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur wouldn't be with the Chamish Osir Be'ov. That that powerful Sman is like dynamite. It enters into the essence of each and every Yid to be able to boundlessly attain goals in life that make our Kodesh Baruch Hu happy and to be able to not only strive for better and better, but to thrive with better and better.